0: Hi everybody and welcome to another episode of positively Midwest my name is Steve Jerns and across from me as always is my lovely wife Catherine hello there hi so we are in episode 74 of positively Midwest recently had um, a fantastic episode with a um, good friend of ours Nathan Woodard and um, I believe he's already received a little bit of communication and feedback from people uh, for sharing his story, which is quite fantastic. So we again thank him very much for having the strength and the courage to share his story with others. Uh, It's very difficult to um, go through something like that and come out the other side. So um, I hope he continues to stay stay blessed and uh, stay positive. So. Um, so I was thinking of an episode that uh, we could do and still continue to learn with the listeners and uh, talk about something that a lot of people have to deal with in a certain way. And I was going through some articles that I received from the Greater Good Science Center uh, magazine. And uh, one of them was uh, labeled five ways to manage the emotional distress of cancer so there's a new book that provides youthful guidance of how to deal with the emotional and social upheaval of experiencing cancer and you know with all the different kinds that are out there and uh, um, the the rise in diagnosis uh, I don't know you probably know someone uh, in your immediate circle or someone just right outside of that circle that has had to deal with uh, cancer and I think that uh, there's some that I could learn through that. Um, I know that uh, my stepmom had gone through breast cancer, and um, I probably wasn't the most, um, um, I didn't like sit down and learn a whole lot about it other than hopefully, hoping that uh, it was going to come out okay, and then getting updates from her how that was going, but the whole process of it, there's a lot of people that are educated, some that might not be at all, but Uh, This might be one perspective of it to try to help people with. So uh, this article, again, The Five Ways to Manage the Emotional Distress of Cancer, it's by uh, Jill Suddy, and it was just released May 21st, so it's fresh um, from the greatergood.berkeley.edu website.
1: So fresh and so clean, clean.
0: Yeah. Yeah. So, the National Cancer Institute states that nearly 40% of men and women in the United States will receive a cancer diagnosis in their lifetime. Even during the pandemic, cancer was the leading cause of death around the world. That means many people are dealing with the treatment for this worrisome disease, including many of my friends and family members. While new treatments are giving people hope for a greater longevity and even full recovery, the social and emotional toll of cancer is still severe. Right when cancer patients need calm, clarity, clarity, and social support for getting through treatment, they can have trouble finding either compounding their suffering. While no person's experience of cancer is exactly the same as others, there are reactions that are common to many. Write Elizabeth Constance, Stunts? I'm not sure how to pronounce these sometimes, and Marcia Lenehan in the new book, Coping with Cancer. So that's obviously the book that they were referencing. So there's a link within this article that you can click, and I'm sure get that book if you'd like. These include difficult feelings like fear, sadness, anger, and guilt, concerns about how the disease will change one's life, job, or family relationships, and physical symptoms like fatigue, pain, and loss of sleep. A patient's constantly changing experience can breed uncertainty, too, exasperating many of these reactions. Drawing upon decades of research practice with helping patients and stories from patients, including the authors themselves, the book gives wise guidance on how to reduce stress, making better decisions, protect important relationships, and increase overall well-being while fighting off the disease, all of which can support a better prognosis, too. Based largely on Linhans model of di- ooh, dialectical behavior therapy, there's a link for that, too, Learn more. The authors offer several keys to coping with physical, emotional, and social strains that cancer patients face. Here here are a few of their recommendations. Be mindful and accepting of your experience. Though some people believe that there's an ideal way to feel or behave when faced with cancer, upbeat, stonic, or defiant, maybe, trying to find someone's ideal of how you should react or denying your own feelings is likely to backfire write the authors. Instead, you should try practicing being mindful, paying attention to your experience without judgment. This is a more effective way to understand your experience and your needs in any given moment. Your emotions, thoughts, and physical sensations offer valuable information. They can tell you what's wrong and and what needs to be addressed, as well as what's going right that should be pursued. At the same time, being mindful can help you from wallowing in negative emotions or ruminating about catastrophic possibilities. When you increase awareness of the fleeting nature of your thoughts, emotions, and physical sensations, it can create a little distance from them. Opening the door to notice, noticing positive experience or less bad experiences when they occur. Savoring happy moments and small victories can provide a counter a good counterpoint to the hard times, helping you to ride the waves of experience without being overwhelmed. Finding some distance also allows you to notice patterns, including habits that might not be serving you. When, you. when you pay careful attention to the interplay between your emotions, your thoughts, and your body, you have the chance to understand your responses and see where effective coping may be short-circuited and bring yourself back into balance. Write the author's.
1: You know, you read that and it's like some of that information is really good for those that are going through cancer, going through treatments. But I do feel that a lot of that also talks to the caregivers, you know, your family members that are there with you day in and day out, helping you go through that. Some of that stuff, you know, it's you're still needing to practice good self-care, even though you're being a caregiver and making sure that you are checking your mindfulness as well.
0: Yeah, and that, uh That's also some different things that we've talked about in other episodes that obviously uh, you'll notice a pattern if you listen to every episode too, that, you know, there's these common core things that you can do to try to stay positive, enjoy these moments, embrace things, find affirmations, be grateful, you know, all these different ways that you can do that. and, And here, some of these are being implemented. So this is something that we've talked about recently as well and focused on specifically. And I was trying to get with, uh, The psychologist that actually kind of coined this whole um, theory or practice of self-compassion. So we'll see if that ever develops. But so far, she's really busy. So try self-compassion. If you accept that all feelings are valid, you can start to recognize where they come from and how to soothe them without repressing them. One method for helping with emotional upset is the practice of self-compassion. Showing your kindness, showing yourself kindness and understanding for what you're going through while recognizing that you are not alone in your suffering can be a boon to your recovery. According to the authors, the goal is to try to coach yourself with the same warm, patient, and sensitive understanding you would give to a cherished loved one who is in a distressing situation. That means acknowledging whatever experience you are having. For example, I feel pain in my chest right now and it's worrying me. Sending yourself soothing messages, even though this pain is hard, I've been through it before, and I know it will pass, and reminding yourself that you're not alone in your suffering. Others have been through this too, and survived. People who are more self-compassionate tend to have less depression, anxiety, and fatigue, and better quality of life when facing cancer, and generally tend to cope better under stressful conditions. Self-compassion may be particularly beneficial for keeping us as well as possible in trying circumstances.
1: I think we need to mention that when you're saying I'm having chest pain, you're reading the article. That's not you yourself saying I'm having chest pain.
0: That is correct. (laughs) There was some italic words in there um, in between as if they were examples.
1: Yeah, I just wanted to make sure that we were clarifying.
0: I believe you would have heard me fall down.
1: (laughs) Sorry okay can I say something mm-hmm. okay so I really think that if you know the key is, is not to wait till you have that diagnosis to then want to try changing your mindset like if we we're trying to change the mindset now it's a proactive way that then if something goes wrong or bad happens in your life that you're able to stay ahead of it and it also helps you in that moment as well
0: yeah I mean really uh, Of course, the the cliche is if it's a habitual uh, practice for you, no matter what comes at you, you'll still feel the feels and have to work through whatever pain and issues that you have, but you'll find a better way of of working through that and uh, treating yourself with some compassion. So next they have check the facts and question distorted thinking. When we are worried, it can often cause rumination, repetitive thoughts that that disturb us and keep us up at night. This can lead to depression and other problems that can interfere with recovery. As, As the authors note, people with cancer can succumb to distorted thinking patterns such as black and white. Thinking or thinking in absolutes, for example, only focusing on the bad news and ignoring progress or telling yourself that you'll never be able to work again and you'll always be sick. To find a more balanced approach, the authors recommend that you question these types of thoughts by stepping back and examining them and perhaps challenging or reframing them. Recognizing the difference between facts and fear-based assumptions can help you interrupt distorted thinking and keep your mind from spinning out of control. Questioning assumptions can be helpful when talking to doctors too. For example, some people with cancer are afraid to confront their doctors with fears or doubts about treatment. Worried they will offend their doctor and, possibly, lose an important ally in their care. But most doctors are trained to listen and educate patients about their options and expect questions. It's important to express uncertainty while staying open to emerging information, even difficult facts about your care to maintain a realistic view of your situation. And kind of going back to this one article here as well about, or in the paragraph here talking about um, taking a step back and examining these, um, thoughts in your head and challenging and reframing them, uh, you know, cause it helps you interrupt distorted thinking and keeping your mind from spinning out of control. I wanted to go back to that because that's an everyday practice that can significantly help you in your day to day life too, especially if you're someone who is already anxiety ridden, if you will, uh, especially if you're someone that lays in bed at night and uh your mind that's when your mind starts to lose control and and go out of it so how can you be proactive before you go to bed to prepare your mind or if you know that you're going to be put into a situation that's difficult and it will make you anxious how can you process and work yourself through that situation and uh, there's tips for that as well um that can be put into an everyday positive life so
1: yeah, it's just, they all come down to a lot of the same thing is making sure that we are talking kind to ourselves, you know, having those affirmations, those positive thoughts. If you have an upbeat spirit, things will go smoother in a sense. It's kind of like that post you had today, right? It's about if you think things are so bad and you wallow in it, how did that post go? It was a really good post. And it's kind of like that same thing. If you like go, okay, yep. I got this diagnosis, but now we're going to take each day as it comes. I'm going to, you know, do the best that I can. I'm going to keep living life. I've got this. I'm going to stay strong. I think that helps. I mean, and I, you don't have a lot of cancer in your family, Stephen, you know, but in my family, it seems like we have like, we have five generations of it. And so it seems like we're constantly having that diagnosis being told to us. And so, and it's like, I do see. My family that has like stayed so upbeat through it and like courageous through it that I felt like they had better prognosis, if that makes any sense.
0: Well, yeah, I mean, it goes without saying that, you know, an extremely negative attitude or a negative mindset, you know, no matter what your illness might might be is only going to make it worse, Um, you know, so your mind can be very powerful. And I'm not a doctor, so I don't claim to think that or to know that, pushing yourself when you don't feel well or trying to you know make yourself happy when you don't feel well or whatever but you know like Michael Jordan won a big huge championship game while he's in the had the flu you know he's like puking and stuff so that's I mean obviously his mindset and determination to win was much higher than me if I get a sniffle I'm probably gonna stay home for two weeks
1: well if we were his teammates we'd be like dude stay away.
0: Yeah. Well, no, they probably were like, Did can play because you're awesome. <laughs> so ask for what you want from others in a kind way. Support from others is key to healing from cancer. But sometimes cancer patients may feel reluctant to ask for help, especially if they tend to be go it alone types. Or they may fear that medical doctors or caretakers will not listen to them, making them feel angry for having reached out. It's important to find a balance between requesting help and demanding it from someone, especially from a caregiver who is already burdened. Asking for what you want clearly and confidently, explaining why you need the help, and appreciating the help you receive are all useful strategies for getting what you need from others to heal. The author's right. Given that protecting a relationship with a health provider is paramount to many cancer patients, the authors give special attention to communicating with doctors, including this advice. Using the acronym FAST. Be fair. Validate your feelings and wishes as well as the other person's. Assert. Don't apologize for making your request, having an opinion, or disagreeing. Stick To your values, make sure you are acting in a moral, in a morally sound way. Be truthful. Don't make excuses, lie, or act helpless when you're not. Keeping interactions with others kind, honest, and assertive is the best way to preserve relationships through a long treatment. So again, I think that's kind of stuff that. You know, can be practiced in our day-to-day life, too. You know, you should just be uh, cognizant of someone else's feelings and, you know, some of that. But um, when you aren't feeling well, I suppose it's easier to be, you're more apt to be upset or depressed or frustrated or angry, you know. So, trying to help some of that stay top of mind, I guess, if anything. So.
1: And I would say, if you're the caregiver, make sure that you are checking yourself. You know, making sure that you're not being too overpowering. You know, if they're wanting space or wanting independence or anything, allow that. Don't be so forceful in your own opinions. Listen to them. If this goes both ways.
0: As a lot of things do. So last but not least, they have connect to meaning. While no one wants to suffer from cancer, it can be an opportunity to remember what is most important in life. Whether it's your relationships with others, your work or creative endeavors, the beauty of the world around you, or your religious faith, you can take moments to appreciate the things of value to you and embrace opportunities to connect to them. Being clear about what sustains and matters to you can help you assess whether you're living the way you want or decide what, if any, changes you want to make to promote the more meaningful parts of life. Meaning in life is central to happiness, and finding meaning in the midst of suffering can help people stay more resilient as they go through trauma. Nurturing meaning in life could involve writing a gratitude letter to someone who made a difference to you, volunteering to help others, suffering from cancer, or writing a song or a poem. Whatever you do to find meaning, though, Remember not to do it because you should or to fulfill someone else's agenda, but because it truly helps sustain you. While none of these strategies are foolproof, they can help people who are going through cancer manage, and that's good to know. On the other hand, I would argue that this advice is useful for anyone going through difficult times, health-related or not. We could, be, we could all be more mindful, offer ourselves more self-compassion, be better fact-checkers, treat our support networks kindly, and search for meaning in life. The book, Though Geared to Cancer Survivors, really speaks to us all. So again, that book they were talking about is Coping with Cancer. Uh, I think DBT, Skills to Manage Your Emotions and Balance Uncertainty with Hope. I'm sure you can find that just about anywhere they sell books. So that is the article that was at the greatergood.berkeley.edu website. Um, Article is Five Ways to Manage the Emotional Distress of Cancer. And uh, that's pretty much all I have to say about that. Uh, It's difficult, and I couldn't imagine what it's like to go through it. But other than to say be positive, and there are lots of groups out there. There's lots of organizations that can help, whether it's monetary. I've seen... uh, Tons of fundraisers for people over the years, uh, you know. I mean, there's just a lot of ways that you can help those people out. And if you're someone who's suffering from that, there's lots of information out there that that maybe connects to you in the right way. So if you're feeling down and out, you know, keep searching for information and keep looking for something that you do connect with, or a practice that um, that calls out to you. Uh, there's a lot of different practices too on this website. Um, Or maybe that book would be a good idea for you to look into. So that's why we claim to not be the experts, because sometimes we'll just read an article the best that we can, because evidently I don't read that well sometimes, (laughs) with hopefully a voice that you enjoy to hear over and over again. And uh,
1: just continuing to learn and inspire together. That's
0: all I have to say about all
1: that. Mm -hmm. It's one of those topics that, like you said, touches close to home for many.
0: Yeah. So this is a short little 20 minute episode, uh, because there are so many different perspectives and I think we could do lots of different episodes that are cancer related subjects. Uh, we could also talk to, um, or we will be talking to some that I've gone through, through some. So, um, we're looking at trying to get one set up here with, uh, uh, Jerry Lynn Steffens and, uh, um, she actually was set to record with us and then found out she had what they call the silent killer ovarian cancer, which is generally not found very often. It's usually too late. And so now she's going through all that, and I, I would imagine she's going to talk to us about some of that journey too. So helps kind of bring some of this top of mind as well as some other individuals I know that are have been and are afflicted and uh, those who will be. So this episode will be out there for you. Um, and if there's anything we can do to help... Uh, obviously, as we've mentioned, we're connected to counselors and therapists and many different ones. So there's a lot of different people you can see to find one that you connect with. And, uh, um, if you are, uh, strapped for money because you're going through that or whatever, uh, we also have that program, um, within our own company to help you, uh, go to a couple of sessions and get going. So they will work with us. So. They will work with you.
1: Yeah. Thanks to those that just bought shirts. The merch that you bought is helping us to pay for that counseling and therapy. So we're breaking the stigma one shirt at a time. So thank you very much for your support. But, you know, we talked about all the other illnesses, you know, chronic pain, anything like that. Stephen, we can document how dry needling goes this week, huh? We could. You know, give my perspective on trying something new and outside the box to see if it helps people
0: that sure could be something because you're not very excited about it i am nervous yep and so you asked me to take time off of work to go with you (laughs)
1: because i'm so
0: nervous yep so um which is entirely okay and of course i was there because i work at a job now that allows me to do those kinds of things because you just have to take time off when you need to regardless of what the reason is and that's why they have vacation and stuff like that right you do it so if you have it take it because that's a very important part to being healthy we talked about my posts from today which would be Tuesday um, J- June 1st and one of them there is is about working you know we don't we don't work to live or we don't live to work we work to live so you work to pay your bills and then you work to maybe take that trip maybe to have a certain vehicle this and that find what works best for you there's a lot of ways to judge things like that but at the end of the day make sure that you're truly happy make sure you're not doing it to keep up with the joneses make sure that you're not going to a job that you hate day in and day out and every time you come home you're just burnt to a crisp and you're crabby and you take it out on your family or you know i've been there trust me and it's not good and i know my family didn't appreciate it and uh thankfully i was given an opportunity to change my life and now looking back i probably could have done a lot of things differently because I have to self-reflect and realize I also made mistakes during that time and was also quite depressed and going through a lot of mental um, health issues, evidently. But, uh, you know, if people are talking to you and they're telling you that you're being crabby consistently or they're telling you that um, you're, you know, blowing up for no reason or you're overextending things or whatever, just because you say, no, I'm not, or you deny it or you get mad at them, so hoping to think, and I know I've done this, I would get madder at that person. So they would hopefully back down. Um, but they're telling you that for a reason. So maybe you need to just check yourself and and relax and take a breath. Goose, goose raba, And uh, learn about it, you know, continue to learn. And then do, do something to change your life if you need to, because you can. You're never too old. It doesn't matter. Uh, I read something the other day and I wish I could remember all the names so people probably know this or you can research it. But they went through and they showed some very famous people that, that we do all know. And I just, I can't think of any of the names right now because it really just popped into my head. But they talked about all these people that are very famous and have started companies or are rich or successful or whatever you want to call that. And they didn't start their companies until they were like 40, 45, 50. You know, the dude... That started the McDonald's. That's one of them, um, but actually, if the movie that that's on is factual, he basically like took it from these two brothers in, <laughs> in a sort of way. But that dude didn't basically franchise McDonald's and make it as huge, huge as it is until his fifties, and uh, you know, died a bajillionaire. So, anyways, um, never too late to change. Never too late to be happy. Never too late to do anything that you want to. Literally. So. Thank you all for listening. Uh big thank you again to Nathan. Um, I can't tell you how much that means. And uh, yeah, so we'll be working on some new merch. We've already got a new design out for that and we'll just keep growing. And eventually if no one reaches out to us for help, then we might just have to donate it to a place that helps others already um, so that we can continue to contribute out to the world um, or just build our own facility and, start taking in people but we're not licensed or certified to do that so we won't but maybe we can pay somebody to do it for us someday yeah
1: just made me think of the tight facility the tight institute
0: oh i don't know what that means other than sneezing
1: it's um patch adams Tate institute you'll have to research patch adams he's the guy that well we saw him at um project earth that music festival that we go to but he's like the real guy that Robin Williams played in the Patch Adams movie. It's like he's actually a real dude. And so he has the tight Institute. And it's like he does really neat things with his life. What he's wanting to do in the world.
0: Okay. Well, check that out, America. Okay. Well, thank you all for listening to another episode. We appreciate you. And uh, we'll see you in a week or so. Probably a week.
1: Adios. Okay.
0: Ah, Thank you all from the bottom of our hearts for listening to the Positively Midwest podcast. Our hope is to inspire, engage each other's thoughts, and leave you with some great advice. Be sure to join our Facebook group and follow us on Instagram at Positively Midwest Podcast. Make sure you like, comment, share, and screenshot our podcast with all of your cool friends. Because every little bit helps. We are on most all major platforms, and you can stream it right on our website at PositivelyMidwest.com. Also, check out our merch in the online store. All proceeds go to help those in need find therapy or rehab. Please reach out to us at positivelymidwest@gmail.com gmail.com. If you'd like to look into therapy or rehab, we're here for you. Thank you, and as always, please always stay positive.